welcome adventurer to the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a show that uses your experiences and opinions to discuss board games and the gaming community. Join the heroes as they conquer perils such as meeples, cards, and miniatures, all in an effort to level up. You're listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Hey, adventurers, welcome to episode 99 of the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a special side quest origins recap. This is just Patrick. And this is Teacher Ryan. Teacher Ryan here. Uh, let's try that again. I apologize. You know, I, I totally messed up already. Screwing up already. You're pulling a <laughs> Scott on me, brother. I did screw up already. I'm so- <laughs> Well, if Scott's not here, I am. It's got us to be something. Yeah, as it turns out, the king is traveling. He's in the Dakotas. He's over in Andrews. I don't remember if he said north or south, but I know he's there with his in-laws and uh, going to be having a nice, relaxing little vacation after the, the hectic weekend that was Origins. He was working with Berkey all weekend, and man, he puts in the time, six or eight hours a day, every day of the con, and uh, I'm telling you what, he's he's like a staple over underneath that that big top hat. Yes, he is. I, when I finally arrived, the first thing I did before seeing you is I went over to Game Toppers. Uh, they were they were live. They were active. They were showing off all sorts of tables. Berkey with his big top hat. <laughs> but it was great to see both you and Scott over at Origins when I finally did get there. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well, Adventures, this episode is all about the Origins recap. We're going to tell you about how it went for us. Ryan, why don't we start with uh, with Thursday? I think I was in before you. You didn't get there till Thursday night, right? No, I did not. I actually left my house at nine o'clock in the morning, had about an eight to nine hour drive to get to you. I finally arrived at 5 p.m. though. But uh, apparently you got there what around lunch, right? Yeah, right around lunchtime. So my wife and daughter went and they spent some time in Columbus. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they went to uh, what is it? Uh, cut. I don't know. They went to the Children's Museum, they did the zoo, and they did the water park. So they were having a blast for those first three days while I was having a blast. We drove out Thursday, got there midday. Scott's standing outside the hotel. Get to the room, unpack stuff. We're like, are we get to the gun, get to the gun. Let's go, 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 go. And that's exactly what I did right down to the vendor hall. That's where it all began. And man, let me tell you what. First game that I played as I'm wandering through the hall, I saw First Fish Games had missed wind sitting out. Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a bit more about Mistwind next episode. But I got some audio from Stephanie. We know Stephanie from uh, Ducks and Toe. We got to show up the Bugs and Slugs expansion. But man, I was drawn to this game because it doesn't look like Ducks and Toe or Get Off My Lawn. Their other stuff. This one looks meaty and crunchy. Euro game looks. Uh, oh my goodness, almost like shades of scythe going on. Have you seen this one? I have seen this one. I actually walked up there at one point in time, probably Friday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it. They gave me the little the little uh, card that showed off what Mythwind was. But yes, I have seen this, but I am interested to hear more about how Mythwind is and what it does. Well, you're going to have to tune in next regular episode. Next week is going to be our episode 100, maybe in Woo! 101. We'll get to, uh, I'll put that in with my recent plays so I can share a little bit more. How about we take it to Stephanie and hear a little bit more about what's going on at First Fish Games. All right. Hi, adventurers. This is Stephanie from First Fish Games. We're here at Origins 2023. And uh, we've been having a fantastic time here showing off our games. We have Get Off My Land, Town Builder, Ducks in Tow, and our brand new one coming up soon is called Mistwind. Mistwind has had great reception all convention. We've had full demos going all weekend and everyone is loving it. Uh, We will be launching our Kickstarter just after Gen Con, August 8th, so keep your eye out for that. Mistwind is about flying whales, 
in a mist world, delivering cargo from nation to nation, and building trade networks, getting points. There's a bit of worker placement in it. Uh, Patrick had a chance to play Mistwin here at Origins, so he's going to tell you a little bit more about it. We will be at Gen Con as well, and we'll have it there. Games are scheduled if you want to sign up to play. If the scheduled games are full, we will have it at the booth as well. So come on by and come see us. You know, one of the things that draws me to First Fish is they still feel like that small publisher. You know, they got a few games going. Ducks and Toes been a hit with my wife, myself, my daughter. We get to show it off at the meetup. And I'm telling you what, I am backing Mythwin day one. Think a combination of like Scythe meets, uh, what is it? Windward, Windward, what was the one with the whales floating and, and you were attacking each other? Windward? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Windward with the Zeppelins and everything. Yeah, it kind of gives you shades of that because, like, there is pick up and deliver and there are flying whales. <laughs> but, but, man, that game is cool. Got to demo it with the artist. The guy that did all the art was the one that was leading our demo. Uh, we, we just had a blast with it. I can't wait to, to get a hold of it, show Scott how to play, and, and do some more. Really happy to, uh, to touch base with Stephanie at First Fish. Well, you did say it has some Scythe kind of things going on with it. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds very interesting. Scythe is one of my favorite games. Uh, I have not played Windward, but I did see how it runs. I'm looking forward to how it goes together. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I will take a look at Mistwind. And by that time, I still have yet to arrive because I know you were playing a game when I got there. But more on that later. What else did you do before I got there? Spent some money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was good. I was really good all weekend. I only bought like three things. I didn't overdo it. I said before we went, I was like, man, I'm going to get some Dark Tower expansions. Uh, it turns out they have like the one, the one box that has a couple extra heroes, a few more adventures. And then there are other expansion stuff like the extra content. There's a play mat. I don't care. It was 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm not going to spend $50 to upgrade my board. Cool as it is. I don't have that kind of money. And then they had the miniatures, which mm, I want those miniatures really bad, but it was $80. And I was like, I just oh. can't do it. So the guy at Renegade is, or not Renegade, uh, Restoration, Restoration Studios, the guy there, he's like, well, here's the deal. Uh, you buy two things. We're going to throw in Unmatched Volume 2 for free. I, was like, I did that oh. deal too. Yeah. <laughs> I was so close. I was like, all right, how much is Thunder Road? He's like, well, the base game is 60 bucks, but we have a bundle with the base game and three more boxes for 150. I was like, okay, 150 plus the 30. So it's 180. And I get the thrown in unmatched. It's like, did you do it? All right. Yeah, I'm plastic. Uh, <laughs> get it done. Get it done. Day one. You know, I, I, I told myself I'm going to wait and I'm going to be real, real like uh, conservative here. No, day one. I was pushed because they said that it was the last of the Thunder Road bundles, which I usually think is a sales tactic, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Because I heard someone else walk up after me like, oh, I want to get on. And then they're like, that was the last one. So I felt like, okay. I, I felt justified in that purchase. Yeah. When I went to get it, yeah, they definitely said that they ran out of those in day one. But uh, I'm glad that you were one that got it. I definitely wanted to play it. Well, you came in around 5, 5.30 somewhere in there. T tell me, what was it like getting in? And what, what, how, did, how did it start for you? Tell me about your origins I Thursday night. All right. Well, Thursday night, yes, I did arrive at around five o'clock, uh, parked my mm -hmm. car at the garage just at the north hand side because I heard Too that that's details. where registration was. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to give you the timeline you asked. I'm just answering. <laughs> You're setting the mood. 
<laughs> got the ticket for the parking. Oh yes, I got the I got the dim lights and the rain going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it rained every day there. But yeah, I got there at five, parked my car, went into the north, registered, and that was very very quick. So quick that I had just enough time to get into the the, the floor, the the exhibit hall, and I got to go see just a few things. You joined me when we went over to the op. I think that was the first place that we started. Was at the op. We got yeah, to we see had the op some pretty early on. We did. We did. Uh, we got to see a few things in the works. Uh, they even pulled out from their glass case uh, a game that they were working on called The Art Project with uh, Vincent Dutre Art. Really interesting co-op where you, you're in charge of, you know, in co-ops where they give you a goal and you have to just like work through until that goal is met. Well, mm-hmm. this one, as they were talking about it, it seems interesting because there is no goal yet but you have to build up the difficulty of it for the goal to appear. And then like you have to mitigate that difficulty on its way back down after you're done. Mm -hmm. So it's like you as a co-op group are creating the difficulty just so you can get to that goal. And then you do the goal and then you mitigate it back down. And you have to do that a couple of times in this. And it seemed really interesting in how uh, it worked out, but that was quite interesting to see from the op. Yeah, it was kind of cool getting a sneak peek behind some of their stuff. But then you and I waltzed over. You said, I need to buy this die, this this D20 for my wife, this gigantic oh, yes. D20. I was like, man, this guy's crazy. Yeah, she's a, she's big into D&D. That's what she does. We do this every Friday night. Uh, but she mm-hmm. wanted something called a mega chunk. Apparently, they're called chunks. A like mega if chunk? Yeah. If, if it, so they had a couple things. They had a mini chunk and they had a mega chunk. And that's the name of the dice. So there's like a D20, a regular size D20. And then if you like double the size, that's what's like a, meg, a mini chunk. It's like doubled in size. But if you mm-hmm. get like quadruple the size of a standard D20, it's called a mega chunk. Uh, I had to buy one of those for my wife. Man, oh, man. One die was $60. Oh, my Holy goodness. Smokes. That was a lot of money. Yeah, that was the first money I spent at the con. It was 60 bucks for my wife. So Happy and, um, <laughs> wife. Happy. You know, that's uh, got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Uh, but then, yeah, the exhibit hall started closing down, and we just went over to open gaming from that point. Yeah, you ran into me while I was in the middle of a game of Heat playing with Jason. So it, it's funny. We go all the way to Col- well, all the way to Columbus. It's not that far from Pittsburgh, only a few hours. But there we are away from, to uh, you. Away from home. Yeah, well, for me, sure. There's Jason, <laughs> who I see Jason every other Thursday. And he's like, you want to teach me Heat? <laughs> and it was like Pittsburgh West out there. All of his gaming buddies. He's like, yeah, come on, sit down. So Jason and his wife, uh, we had dinner. We did pizza. Um, dude, okay. <laughs> Je- they have Fox's Pizza on the one side of the convention, okay. and two slices is enough, right? It it will fill you. It'll satiate you for the whole evening. Jenny's like half my size, I want to say. I had two slices, and I was like, I cannot eat another bite. I don't, you know, I'm gonna fall asleep here because all this pizza I ate. She crushed twice as much pizza. Four oh, slices she took down. Like, You're gonna be kidding me. Anyway, we all go to play Heat. And while we're sitting there, you know, we're having a good time. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more about my opinions on the game in upcoming episodes, but was really pleased to be able to play with that gang and get in one of the, the hot new titles over the last several months. And then you sat down with one that you've been looking at for a while, one that you said you were looking forward to at Origins. Yeah, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about what we were looking forward to, um, one of the big things was I wanted to find a copy of Castles by the Sea. Now, mm-hmm. that game actually wasn't being demonstrated at 
origins. However, because I was doing a math trade there, which I'll get into uh, in, in a few, there was somebody that was selling the game, Castles by the Sea. And so I immediately tried to get in touch with him to see if I could purchase from him early. Uh, mm -hmm. I managed to do so. I got the Castles by the Sea. I sat down next to you while you were playing Heat, and I just set it up and I started learning it. And man, it is a wonderful, wonderful game. It is uh, abstract goodness. Like you're building out the sand castles, you're putting towers on there, you're putting your little people up there. It was it was just a joy to play such a beautiful game. I learned it enough and I played it a little bit. And then your game of Heat was over, and you went to go do something else. Uh, I will. Uh, I'm sure you'll get into what you did, but uh, right after that. Um, after Jason taught you heat, man, I will tell you, Jason loves just going there. I, I, every single time I saw Jason, it was in the open game and he was playing something. Uh, all as, he did all weekend, he parked his cheeks in a seat and yep. game, 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 game that I don't know how he does it. Like I have come to find I'm a morning person because I was waking <laughs> up at like 6am and I was like, you know what? I could play, I could play three Lacerda's in a row and be fine. But once like seven o'clock in the evening hits, I'm like, I'm just tired. Yeah, <laughs> I want to play No Thanks or something super simple, and I want to go yep. to bed by ten thirty. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not your standard Origins goer. Yeah, but like right after he, in fact, before it was even fully put away, he was like, "Hey Ryan, do you want to play some Lost Ruins of Arnak?" And uh, I was like, "Yes, please." So we played That's Lost Ruins jam. of Arnak. That is my jam. Yes, he he was uh he was so confident in it. He was looking forward to playing Lost Ruins of Arnak. And I saw you over there. You were like, uh, I would I wouldn't do that if I were you. I warned him. I was like, hey, just you so did. you guys know, there's a shark in the water here. Yeah. So uh, we played it with the uh, Expedition Leaders expansion. Had a great time. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we just um we just enjoyed the game. Uh, that's that's all we do is we enjoy gaming, and so that's what we did. We uh we played that game. I did win, but man, he was so close. We had all around really high scores, so we all did like pretty, pretty good at that. That's a good um, game. But yeah, I think you went over to uh, the Game Toppers to go play with a couple people over there. What did you play? Yeah, we were playing Omicron Protocol. We had the chance to do that with Bernie Lynn and a good friend, hungry gamer, Will Brown. Well, ah. I tell you what, I spent a lot of time. That's not the first time you're going to hear that name this episode because we were hanging out the whole weekend and, and I always look forward to it. I don't get to see him that often. That's what we did. We did a, a two on two uh, team game. It was level up versus hungry gamer and the game designer. And I, you know what? I think they took it easy on us. We'll get a little bit more into the play next episode, but and we took them down level nice. up represented. We took them down. Yeah. Well buddy. done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, by that time, because I had just driven nine hours and still like played a couple of games and did a few things walking around, I got a little tired, went back to the hotel, had a mm -hmm. big bag full of games, brought it to my car, walked in the rain to my hotel, which is about 10 minutes away, and got oh. some good shut eye. Did you do anything else at the end of that night? Yeah, got some good shut eye too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blew up the air mattress. Asked the guys, please don't step on me when they go. To you know, it's, I, I went back to the room at like eleven thirty or twelve o'clock. I was like, I need to get to bed early. I was up at five, and uh, I think they came back in at one thirty. I was still awake. Like I lay down and like my mind was just going. I was like, I know my body's tired, my brain's not. But wash, rinse, repeat. Day two begins. It's Friday. Friday. Finally got to wander the floor on Friday. Uh, you got to on Thursday. Me, I got used to uh, about half an hour on the floor on, uh, on Thursday. But yeah, Friday. Friday was nothing but wandering the floor for me all morning. Went to a couple of places, saw a lot of stuff. In fact, one of the big ones that I wanted to check out and grab was uh, the game Raw. That was at the 25th Century Games booth. I saw that they had a few other things like longboats and, and a couple other things. But yeah, just Raw. Uh, 
I definitely wanted to uh, check that out, see if they had a demo going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never played it before, and I still haven't played it yet, but I did get a demo in it. But I do know that you also got some audio from Chad over at 25th Century Games. That we did. We always like to check in on They got so many things coming out regularly on the late. So let's take it over to Chad and hear a little bit more about what 25th Century's got going on. Hey, adventurers, this is Chad Elkins with 25th Century Games. Happy to be here at Origins, uh, talking to you guys. Really fantastic summer lined up. Green Team is finally back in stock, and it was really hard to find into last year. Readily available now for this summer. So that's exciting. You can go to your local Target, Barnes & Noble, etc., or obviously you can get it from us. Uh, we've also got our new edition of Raw, which is super exciting. Uh, just finished fulfilling that a few months ago. Uh, now readily available this summer, uh, Old Runner Canadian t- title. One of the best auction games probably of all time. Uh, a couple new new things uh, for this summer releasing straight to retail. We've got uh, Fecum, which is a uh, two-player card game. Beautiful artwork by Beth Sobel. You're basically managing a coffee house. So very just relaxing, very chill game. We also have a game called Splitto, which is a three to eight playing card game. Plays in about 10 to 15 minutes. So think Sushi Go drafting style for your cards you're passing around, but scoring is more like between two cities. So you're playing cards to the right of you, playing cards to the left of you, and you're working, you're working with people on both sides of you to get scoring objectives and add the cards to those piles, but I'm gonna score myself the piles on each side of me. So everyone's out you know, for their own, their, own, their own benefit, but you gotta kinda work together a little bit to make it happen. Uh, we've also got two brand new expansions this year for two really great games, Space Explorers Age of Ambition expansion, uh, obviously, for the Space Explorers base game, uh, adds seven modules to their core game. You can mix and match them how you want. Usually two or three per game is probably about all you would want to uh, put in there. And also Prehistories Evolutions, which is the expansion for Prehistories. It adds uh, four different uh, storylines. Like they're coming sealed envelopes. You have new characters, new hunting zones, and new polyomino pieces to paint your cave with. Really fun to kind of work through that story uh, to the, the Prehistories base game. Yeah, lots of great stuff. Come see us at Gen Con. Love to have you guys pop by the booth. Telling you what, man, they keep cranking out hits. They do. They do. I have not been disappointed with any of them at all. But yeah, kept wandering the floor. Uh, if you don't mind me continuing a little bit. Floor is yours. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> the floor was mine. I went all around it. I went and saw Dave Beck. Any of you who don't know who he is, he is the one that uh, designed Distilled. I never got the Kickstarter friends of mine, three out of the four people that I taught how to play on TTS. They <laughs> bought Distilled and I didn't wait, think wait, I would need to Who's the one that didn't buy it? So I was the fourth person. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know you it's taught a me. Are you, are you factoring me in? Because you taught me how to play this one on TTS. Uh, yes, but uh, not at not in the one game that I'm referring to. Um, it was a couple of my friends, uh, like uh, Espen over from Tabletop Express, for any of you who don't know, check that out. But I did teach you Distilled. Uh, did you happen to buy it? I did. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've since but acquired it. When I taught them, they were so uh, thrilled with it that they got the Kickstarter from it. And I was like, well, three of the people that I taught are getting the game Distilled, so I don't think I need to. I can just always go to their place. Uh, mm-hmm. Ended up not happening, but I did manage to get a copy of Distilled signed by Dave Beck and also Eric, the artist behind it all. But I did get to see that they were coming out with another game. It was called Luthier. It has to do with musical instruments. Mm-hmm. They didn't have much as far as information in that game, but I am quite interested in what Luthier is. I wanted to talk to him about it, but man, Dave is such a busy guy. He was over there demonstrating yeah. games. He had like three tables full of demonstrations and he was going between each one signing stuff. So I didn't want to bother him. Unfortunately, I didn't get to learn about Luthier as much as I'd like to. But just note that they're coming out with that game. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I thought 
I think I brought you over on another day to go check it out as well. And you took a look at what it was. Yeah, we tried. We tried to get audio. We couldn't get it. I, I didn't run into Dave all weekend, but I'm telling you what, he's one for one. So in my, for, in my mind, the pedigree is there. One for one. If you put out distilled, I'm going to give perfect you a record on your next one. Yeah, perfect record. Let's see what you got for your sophomore board game. One of the last booths that I managed to check out, uh, I wandered over to Capstone Games and I wondered what game that people were playing and it turned out to be Wandering Towers. I had not heard of this before. I really haven't. I've seen the box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give myself points. I wanted to learn about what this game was because I had seen the game before and it looked interesting. Uh -huh. And I, I managed to uh, watch in on a play and kind of get an idea of how the game runs. It seems simple enough. There's yeah. a rondelle and you're moving around towers. And sometimes towers can be moved on top of meeples that are in those towers. And that prevents you from being able to move your meeple if it's underneath. And you kind of have to have a memory to remember where your meeples are because you get two actions on a turn based on cards. You can move a tower. You can choose to move an entire tower. And sometimes, I don't know if you play Cantaloupe, but it's one of those kind of things where if you move a tower, you can either move just the top tower, or if it's stacked up, you can pick up a certain number of them and move them, or the whole stack if you okay. want to. And so you're trying to uncover your wizards from being stacked in the towers. So oh, you so have to kind of... they're not always necessarily at the bottom. They could be like one level up in the tower or at the very top, so... The memory isn't just what spaces it is it is in, but it's also what level of the tower it's in. And that's going to help you determine how many segments of the tower you're going to move when you move. Exactly. And when you cover someone's wizard up, you fill up a potion and you can use these potions. You can turn them in to do special powers. There's like two per game. The whole goal of the game is to try to get your wizards into the Black Castle, which also moves. So it's quite an interesting game. It's a it's a huge memory game. Rondell kind of like Camel Up, uh, not exactly a, a race, other than the fact that you're trying to be the first one to fill the tower with your wizards. But it's like again huge on memory, and everything's moving all the time, and so it's really really hard to keep that memory going. But it seems quite interesting, very simple, quite on the cheap side, and so I am looking to get a copy of that. And that is Wandering Towers from Capstone. And I tell you what, they got a lot going on at Capstone. Let's listen in to Clay and hear about it. Hey adventurers, this is Clay with Capstone Games and we're here at Origins. Wandering Towers has just been blowing up everywhere. We are almost sold out of it. It's been a lot of fun demoing it and Beer and Bread is the other game that's been really hot here. Just gearing up for Gen Con. We're going to release Terra Mystica Age of Innovation there. It's the Terra Mystica 2.0, a little bit more complex like a Gaia project. And we'll also have Renature Valley, which is an expansion to Renature came out a couple years ago. Um, overall, really excited for Origins. It's great to be back and have a full show. I mean, it's been years since it's been this populated. The exhibit hall is huge. There's a lot going on, a lot of excitement, and our booth has been packed. This Wandering Towers game, man, it's, it's pretty awesome. Just seeing kids, I mean, today's family day and there's tons of kids playing it. Go play this tower game, check it out. It's super cool. Ryan, that Wandering Towers game, I remember seeing that at PAX and the table where it was set up, it was in that first look area. It was empty the whole weekend. I'm like, what the hell? This game's this is supposed to be pretty good. And I go over there, well, you know what? I'm going to play this thing. The instructions were German. The only copy oh. that they could secure <laughs> to get at PAX had instructions in German. So I hadn't played it. Didn't get a chance to at Origins either, but I'm glad to hear that they're doing really well with that. And that takes us over to uh, Bezier. We went over to Bezier after that and played some Scram. Will was uh, saying, yes. you guys got to play this Scram game. Come play with me. And 
I think Bernie got in on Scram. There was a, it was five of us, wasn't it? Plus the uh, the demo got in, so we did uh, two teams of three uh, for this little not really a trick taking game, but a nice little card numbers game. What'd you think of Scram? I did like it. Uh, so I managed to get over to Bezier after you guys had started the game. I was very intrigued on what you were doing. I kept on asking Scott. I was like, so why are you doing this? So what's good this about? How do you get rid of cards? Is this how it works? How do the rules work? Because I was quite interested in what was happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, after you guys had finished the game and I had no idea what was going on, I sat down for a game while you guys went off and did something else. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Scram? In an upcoming episode, Origins Recap, uh, we're just yes. going to keep things rolling. It's, very, it's definitely a light game. Uh, I think it'll appeal to a lot of people. That's that's all I have to say about this. <laughs> well, not on the light side. After that, you went to you played Discworld. I did. Uh, so I only had one ticketed event for this entire convention, and that was Discworld. Discworld Ankh Pork by Martin Wallace. This is a very sought after game for people who are familiar and enjoy Sir Terry Pratchett, a, a, a very very well known author. He has a series called the Discworld series. It, it, just give it a read. Whenever you have a chance, just give it a read. I do suggest reading it. But there was a couple games based on the Discworld series, and this was the first one done by Martin Wallace. It's really a card-playing game where mm-hmm. you're trying to control all of Ankh-Morpork, which is the main city in the game Discworld. You have a hidden leader, uh, a hidden role that you have to do. For example, mine was to have as many minions out on the board, about nine minions out on the board that is consistent of 12 regions other people want control of four regions control okay. meaning you have more pieces than anybody else somebody had the role of wanting the deck to deplete which also normally ends the game and sometimes you have to score points but at that point in time if you have that role you win the game i had the pleasure of playing with ann uh she had this up and she just really wanted to get this game played she hasn't been able to play it in forever so she set up that ticket uh that event i joined it I was joined with uh, two other people. So we had a full game of four. It was mm-hmm. really, really nice. And she had, I didn't realize that this was a thing because I thought I had one of the most expensive forms of Discworld on more pork. I had like the deluxe collector's edition with resin. I got oh, that for my wife. Yes, yeah. I know that put me in the hole about 500 bucks. That's how expensive that was. However, and she pulls out this box and this box is thin. I have never seen this game in this kind of box. There's three different kinds of, Uh, versions of this game and she has this very very thin rectangular shaped box uh, which had some plastic chips for money i was like what is this copy and she was like this is a pre-production copy this is a this is a copy that was made to test this is one extremely limited yeah exactly and i was like oh martin wallace this year you should probably get him to evaluate this and sign it (laughs) but we had a great game I lost, but that's okay because the person who won played as my wife's favorite character, and she was happy that that happened. But yeah, that happened at two o'clock. Yeah, we're having a great time playing some Discworld. I was wandering around and chatting with Will and uh, getting lunch and whatnot. And one of the things that he said is, "You got to get this, get a hold of a game that is supposed to be the next hotness." And we'll get to that because we actually did get a hold of it in the evening. But uh, you were playing some Crokinole in the afternoon too, weren't you? I did. I did. I went over to Browcastle Games, which we have a promo code for. <laughs> I was yes, tossing that or I got to sneak in the commercial again. Very good. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I actually got to finally meet Stephen Brown. I went in on a tournament. 
I finished the Discworld game in record time in about 55 minutes, which left me two minutes to get over to Brown Castle Games, sign up for the tournament. And it was the biggest tournament that they had there. I want to say somewhere in the realms of 41 signups, which is the oh, most wow. that they had for a single tournament. They only had about 14 tables, so they could like account for 28 people. They did a lot of magic and they worked it around. I joined, I was I was like, I, I just practiced this. I had a good time. I did some crazy, amazing shots in, in my practice rounds. Mm-hmm. So they start the tournament. I mashed up against this guy and I lost immediately, but that's okay. Naturally. <laughs> It was, sing- it was single elimination. The, the, the good thing that I can say is I, I feel better knowing that in that 41 or 42 person tournament, the person that I played with in the first round actually won the whole thing. He won that entire day of singles tournament. So he went on to the main championship match, which happened Saturday in the afternoon. But we'll, we'll get to that because we actually managed to take a look at that. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, Crokinole, probably the best dexterity game. Had a great time with it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm really proud of Stephen and Megan Brown getting out there to to get their company, Brown Castle. They were they were the Crokinole company at Origins. If you want to play Crokinole, they were the guys. They took out something like 90, 90 boards. They had 90 boards out there, and it was Friday morning. Friday morning, I checked in with him, and he's like, we have 10 boards left. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Whoa, buddy. That's a problem, but that's a good problem to have. But it's a problem. He's like, yeah, we're going to end up having to sell a lot of our demo boards. And by the end of the weekend, they were cleared out. So I'm so glad to see that. All of his accessories were moving. Those boards look amazing. I'm sorry. No one does it like Brown Castle. No one touches Brown Castle's boards. I'm not going to lie. Their quality is uh, on top notch. I will say not only did they have the amazing boards, they created resin boards. Uh, So Mm -hmm. on top. Yeah. So they had resin boards, which were great. They had some custom boards. They had a new mode of play. It's called Crokinole Imperium. Right, right. They had cards that like had different ways of scoring. Like you can reverse the points. So instead of getting 20 points when you get in the middle, you get five points. So that made for an interesting round. They had all mm-hmm. sorts of things. Uh, I, I, w- I was excited to try them out. I got to try Imperium once. Man, that just took Crokinole, Crokinole to a, null, uh, a new level. And I was... <laughs> <laughs> Crokinole. That stays. That stays. <laughs> you know what? We need to catch our breath. Why don't we listen in to Steven and see what they felt about their first origins? <laughs> okay, let's do that. Hey, adventurers. This is Steve at Brown Castle Games. We were so excited to make it out to Origins Game Fair this year, 2023. And uh, we're already looking forward to next year. We had such an amazing turnout at the Crokinole Boards. We had 16 tables set up for the whole con from Wednesday to Sunday. And uh, it's been absolutely phenomenal. The table's been filled up. There have been people waiting to get on boards to play. It makes a great game for those in-between games when you're waiting for other events. Um, And speaking of events, we had an absolutely amazing singles and doubles tournament. Dan Winowski ended up winning the singles championship here at 2023 Origins. And Michael Barth and Adam Zabrowski claimed the doubles championships. Our boards were nearly sold out by Friday morning. It's just been absolutely phenomenal, the support of you guys showing up at the Crokinole boards. If you weren't able to claim a board, connect up with us at browncastlegames.com. We do all our own custom board making designs. We do all our painting in-house. So if you want to see your logo, your family crest, something like that on your board, just let us know. We really love making those custom custom board designs for you guys. Hey guys, we're looking forward to seeing you at our next event. We're going to be at the World Board Gaming Championships at Seven Springs Mountain Resort in Pennsylvania. And if you can't make it there, we will see you at Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. One of the most popular games in the hobby and the oldest in the BGG Top 100 is Crokinole. 
and at Level Up, we're big fans. Oh, yeah. Most of our meetups have a Crokinole board set up and ready for action. Our choice for anything and everything Crokinole is Brown Castle Games. Brown Castle is a family-owned company that produces boards of unmatched quality. With a circular frame, a variety of hardware veneer playing surfaces, and a professional edge banding, let me tell you, these boards stand out. Oh, no doubt, Scott. And along with your board, Brown Castle has the best Crokinole accessories I have ever seen. The discs, the holders, the carrying case, they make the best. Yes, they do. Adventurers, you know our style. When we partner with someone, it's to get savings for you. Exclusively mm -hmm. for adventurers, get 5% off anything and everything from Brown Castle Games. The boards, cases, accessories, you name it. Get 5% off with promo code LEVEL5. L-E-V-E-L, -E -E the number 5, all caps, no spaces. Find it all at www.browncastlegames.com. Again, really, really proud of Brown Castle Games for uh, for partnering with us. We're so happy to have them. And don't forget, you get that 5% off with promo code. Don't don't forget to use that. It's 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 very good, especially when I'm trying to get aboard myself from there. <laughs> Had a nice talk with him about that. We finished up at Crokinole. I think I met up with you right afterwards, and yeah, we went it's up for my to only the ticketed event. Yeah, we went to the second floor. Uh, we had talked about this in the previous episode how I wanted to try this game with you, and so we went to the second floor right above registration where they had a big room for nothing but social deduction games. Ugh. We were there for a big one that <laughs> I've wanted to play for a while as well, and uh, that is Blood on the Clock Tower. Pat, what did you think? You know what I liked it. I wanted to play it because I wanted to learn how to play without having to read the rule book. And and I want to show it off to the lobster, some of the gang that we have out here. When we extend that group, like I'll still see those folks for like we're going to see them on the 4th of July. We usually do a Christmas party, that sort of thing. And there ends up being 12, 15, a whole bunch. And some of them, yeah, they're they're non-gamers, but they'll get in. You know, they're on the casual side. This is the kind of thing that I think they'd be willing to play. And having played it, I think it's going to be a hit. I thought our demo was run very well. The guy had that little microphone thing going on so you could hear him really clearly. He explained the game very well. We did have a player in our game who I gather was also a, a teacher of the game. And while it like it was a good thing, bad thing, because it was nice because he could he could show you how the gears are meant to turn. So as we're making decisions, he'd be like, well, here's the thing, because we know this, you know, he said he taught the game something like a hundred times. He's like, yeah, well, because right. we know that this and this person said that, then we have to kill them. And here's why. And for a, a little part of me was like, man, he's showing us how the sausage is made. You know, I, I want to learn that on my own. That's all the discovery. That's that's the that's the meaty part of this. On the other hand, it was like, you know, maybe without someone doing that, you'd have this whole big circle of strangers staring at each other like, uh, uh, I want to I kill you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> oh, so yeah, I was like, I was cute. I thought right it was a wonderful play. Yeah, I thought it was. I had a really good time with it. I did. Uh, I do like the idea that now, for those of you who, who might not have or who might be thinking about this game. Yes, it is quite similar to Werewolf, but there's a lot of extra extra meat to these bones as pat was mm -hmm. saying you don't you don't leave the game when you're killed unlike in werewolf where you are in this game you can still talk uh, if you had a role where you get information which most of them were you just don't get any new information anymore if you're killed however you right. can still give up some information about like what you found out before you were killed you can hold things away just 
it's 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 a lot of fun to be finally be able to ah oh, I'm dead I can finally tell you things and like <laughs> and they use that information to try to like find the imp or the devil of the game and so right right even when you're so, out of the game you still get the chance to be like a used car salesman and start pointing fingers like you still get to do the actual playing portion of the game even though you exactly. don't have a vote like you only have one vote and by then maybe there's only four or five rounds of voting left anyway <laughs> and you're only one portion of that vote so it, i didn't find that to you know i felt like i was still playing the game after i got killed and i was killed very early second or third person you were i didn't believe you for a second for a while <laughs> for a while there too <laughs> i was being honest the whole time you were but man there's a lot of trickery that a lot of people were doing which was great that, that i think that's what made the game uh quite interesting is all of that well, blood on the clock tower built up the hunger for me and oh, uh, you and i we did. got in touch with will and next thing we know we were doing uh what is it, agave and rye is that the place across the street we met up with with brown and uh evan evans is named the designer of after the empire yes yes we did oh those tacos were delicious <laughs> yeah, they oh were. man i I can't get over that. And like, they had like gigantic tater tots, man, it was good, but it was nice to meet Evan. Uh, Evan is a great guy. Great guy. He was, uh, he was fun to talk to. Um, we were just joking the entire time and had a great meal. And so like, I, there, nothing i can say about that i would go to agave and ride next time you go to origins anytime yeah you know what's funny is i won't look back on this origins in a few years from now and remember that i played heat or that i played blood on the clock tower i will remember that i was i was sitting at a table with a couple friends and with a designer that i'd never met before and we got to eat some really good food have some drinks like those are the experiences i always say i don't want to spend too much on games but i'm okay with spending money on like you know, getting a real nice dinner, something fancy, an experience. Never mind the Fox's Pizza. I'm not, or not Fox's. Where is that? Jets. It's Jets. Jets. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not fancy, but uh, this dinner was really fantastic. And while we were eating, one of the other newer designers, uh, Amos, worked his way over and he, he was chatting with Will. And I told Will, yeah, no, Amos gave me the copy of Gnome Hollow to play when we're done. So we picked up a couple growlers at Barley's, made our way back to the hall, and it was playing Gnome Hollow, which we're not going to spill too many beans on because that one's still uh, in production. But the rumor is the rumbling throughout the hall, according to Brown, is that, man, this thing's like 15 Hot. different publishers are trying to get this thing. Uh, yeah, they, they want it. They want to publish it because it's going to be the next big game. And we'll have more to say about that in, in upcoming episodes. Uh, just out of curiosity, first impression, Gnome Hollow, what'd you think? I can see the appeal. Um, it is definitely... Not 100% a game under my ilk, but man, there's a lot of games that a lot of people love. So obviously I'm wrong here, <laughs> but yeah, this, is this is definitely a game that if you look through the outer layers, you can tell that there is so such a good game here. I, mm. I can see that anybody who does love those semi-simple games with tiling and... Uh, well, I said tiling. I don't know how much I can expel of it, uh, but it is a, a beautiful production of tiling games. And you're trying to fill out your board and get some flowers. And there's just a lot of things that you're doing in the game that I know would appeal to a lot of people, especially tiling people uh, who like Cascadia or something along that ilk. Um, yeah, I think they're going to th like this, this is, one. I can tell this is definitely going to be a big one. You know, what's kind of neat is that's the only copy in the world, right? I, or it was the only one that he brought to Origins. I felt, it felt like, holy cow, we're getting to check out this game. It's the only one. I had it in my backpack. Like, in it your was backpack. in my hotel. I cuddled with it. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't need to know that much. <laughs> All right. Off to bed we go. And it's day three Saturday. Tell me about Saturday morning. 
Saturday morning was the most painful I've been in in quite some time. So yeah, this uh, is a big deal for you. These math trades. This is uh, so. There's a math trade flea market that happens on Board Game Geek, and what you do is before a con, it says Origins Flea Market, and you post all the games you want to sell, and then you also like uh, bid for games you want to buy from people. I take a look at my record, and I sold 85 games. I Holy took smokes, and uh, I'd made quite a bit of money. Uh, basically, it paid for Origins, it paid for my gas, it paid for my food, it paid for my hotel, well it paid for. Pretty much everything. And then I had quite a bit left over. That's why I bought a couple of things. But the idea was the fact that I had to drag this wagon with seven big, gigantic boxes <laughs> from the second floor of a garage down. And then we went to – I parked at that garage specifically because the hall that we were supposed to meet at was right there. And mm -hmm. so I made it I made it there. And they were like, oh, this room is too small. You have to move to the complete opposite side of Origins. And you have to go oh, to wonderful. the third. And we have to go to the third floor. So that means you taking know, I two told you I would help you the night before. I was like, just shoot me a text message. You never did. I, I would have helped. I didn't because I thought if we were in that hall, we would be fine. And I was fine. But no, we had to go up two sets of elevators. And then I set up in front of the room. And 20 minutes later, they were like, oh, so now everyone has to go into that room. And I had set up. So I'd taken all these boxes down. I had opened them all up. I had displayed them nicely. And I mm -hmm. had to put them. I had to pack them all back up again, put them back on the wagon, move them about 100 feet into this room. <laughs> And then unpack it all again. Thank goodness for uh, there's a lot of good, nice board gamers out there. There was a guy that helped me put it back into the wagon. They helped me like carry some of my stuff into there. So I gave them a game for free. Oh, um, that's nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, sat there. It was a good two and a half hours of selling, buying, uh, gathering everything. I only had one transaction that didn't show. So all in all, a good con uh, yeah, as far good, as that's concerned. Good show up, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah. that. So that was my entire morning. So I'm sure you have a lot more exciting things to talk about your morning. Well, no, no. I was just doing one thing. I got up, I had my breakfast, and I worked uh, worked my way over to All Play, formerly Board Game Tables. Uh, normally, I give them uh, two or three working days while I'm at a convention, but the last, con uh, what was it? PAX. I think I gave them mm -hmm. every day at PAX or you all did. but one. And what happens is two o'clock rolls around and you're done. I do 10 to two. So open to two o'clock, you have a bite to eat. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm bushed. I need to like go sit down and just like stare at a wall for a little bit. Cause I've been talking for four hours straight. Eventually what happens is you're like, okay, now everybody's coordinating for dinner and I can play one game in the evening or maybe two. And then I got to be up tomorrow because I got to work for all play again, which is fine. But at some point it was like, I'm kind of showing up at these cons to work for all play. And I don't have the energy afterwards. So I just did one day and I love working for them. I actually recommended this guy. He, he got in touch with us via the website. Uh, you have the option to contact level up. If you ever want to ask us a question, if you ever want to uh, reach out to us for any reason, you can do so on the website under the contact button. Ben reached out and he said, Hey, how can I work for all play? And I'm really interested. I hear you talking about this. And he actually emailed me today, day of recording. He's like, man, thank you so much. I'm working for them at Gen Con. So I'm really happy to hear that. Yes. I love working for these guys. They got some new games in, they got big top, they have fiction, pollen, they're always coming out with new games. And right, I'm, I'm guessing of all the vendors in that hall, they have to be in the top three for most sales or most profitable. First of all, they got the best looking display there. They got no those, those doubt. bookcase looking things with their games tucked into the cubbies. You pull them out and they go all the way around. They have those standing tables with small footprint games and they must have 15 tables set up. You can just want, you could play it all play all morning and get in 15 different games. None of them take that long in there. They're all good. None of them feel frivolous. None of them feel luck-based. They all have a good injection of strategy. 
had a ton of fun with them. I uh, picked up Basket Boss because I love packs. And I was like, you did. Okay, yeah, there's another purchase. <laughs> yeah. There's another purchase there. So, uh, but it was with store credit. Their deal is they'll give you X amount in credit or in cash or X plus a little bit more in credit. So I half and halfed it and I got Basket Boss. I picked up Sequoia. And, Thank you. Uh, took, oh, yeah, no, that got that one for you. And then the rest, I just took a little cash. And you know what? That paid for like, that paid for the meal the previous night. So, and you never thanked me for that. Didn't I pick up the, no, you got the beer. So we're even. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So finish that up. Uh, that was my morning was spending that time with all play. And, you know, why don't we check in with Joe and hear a little bit more about what they've got going on? Let's do that. Hey, adventurers. It's uh, Joe from All Play, which might sound weird because you might know me as Joe from BoardGameTables.com. But we just recently went through the uh, All Play rebranding and we have a big, beautiful booth here at Origins and things have been going crazy. Uh, we've been selling a lot of our new releases, Fiction, Pollen, Roll to the Top, and Big Top. Some auctions, some roll and write, some abstract strategy. And then if you like Wordle, but with a liar, then Fiction's going to be an awesome game for you. But yeah, it's been going crazy. And uh, we've also been promoting our upcoming Kickstarter, July 11th for furniture. We're going to be offering tables and shelving. It's going to be really great if you're interested in getting a gaming table for one of the most affordable prices on the market or trying to get some customizable shelving for your board game collection. July 11th on Kickstarter, the complete game room makeover. But you can see us coming up here. We're going to be at Dice Tower East and then also Gen Con. So I look forward to hearing uh, from anybody who has heard uh, the podcast and uh, seeing you at any of those shows. I started to say, Ryan, they got to be uh, in the top three most profitable businesses that that show up at those. They always have a line. Never mind that they always have people playing games. They always have a line. And I'm showing those games off and I'm like, look, this is a $20 game. It's 15 bucks at the con. You know what people do? Right up to that line because they're good games. They're priced right. Good company. I absolutely love them. And also, they have amazing quality bags. If you ever want a board game bag, go there too. I still have mine. I've enjoyed it ever since. Used it every day. <laughs> well, uh, I knew we had an appointment at 2.30, but we'll get into that in just a moment. I had finished my math trade, and I was ready to get back to the floor, do a few more walk-arounds. But at the same time, Scott got back to me, and he said, Hey, do you want to go have a uh, come join a game with me and the Secret Cabal? And I was like, Yeah, I would. So at about one o'clock, uh, Scott, Scott Scott meets me at the uh, at the hotel. I go there. Uh -huh. I'm sitting there, and he's you know taking his time. So you know he finally arrives ten minutes later, <laughs> uh, and of I course, get into that's, and I get that's king time. Yeah, that's okay. I get reintroduced to part of the secret cabal, like Jamie and Tony. We had a mm -hmm. nice little chat while I'm sitting there. It's a little awkward because I'm over there and I'm just like staring at Rodney Smith playing a game with uh, with Dan King. If you know him, he's the Game Boy Geek. They're playing a you game. Starstruck. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't starstruck. I had already met uh, Rodney Smith. I got his signature on my hat You before. got a signature on your level up hat. I love it. I, I did. And I'm so sad that I didn't bring my silver pen because I would have gotten Dan King to do it, too, because I'm I'm trying mm -hmm. to get the signatures of all like board game teachers on my hat. I think it would be really, really cool. Scott was uh, a bit drained from the previous uh, previous <laughs> night. So he, <laughs> he was like, I'm, mo he had I, bags under his eyes. He, he, he was he hurt did. by the end of it. Uh, yeah, Game Toppers really puts him to work, but he loves it. He loves it. So he went back to uh, take a nap, and I was like, ah, it's nearing 1.30 anyway. I'm going to go meet you over. I'm going to get some lunch, and then I'm going to go meet you over at Chip Theory. Chip Theory right. Games. 
So their uh, booth isn't set up with curtains like most of the booths. They have those like office wall things that are a little more firm. And one of yep. them has a door on it. And I went over there. It's like, where in the world is Ryan? I need him over. It's like 202, <laughs> 203, like, or uh, 230 something. I was like, we're going to be late to be able to check yep. out a game that you've really been looking forward to. And I know you backed all in. And I texted you and I was like, by the way, Pat, I'm at Chip Theory in the secret entrance. <laughs> secret entrance. But yeah, uh, we met up with Andrew. Andrew is one of the leads of uh, media for Chip Theory Games. And mm-hmm. we had uh, probably my game of the con. I'm going to go ahead and name it. Uh, it's going to be Elder Scrolls Betrayal of the Second Era. Now, this is a big, big game found that they had going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, if you wanted the all-in, you're, you're pitching in a, a little bit over 400 bucks for this whole thing. But my God, after our play, it is definitely, definitely worth it we played with some chips that we uh, he got from too many bones because they didn't have like produced chips yet uh, right, but they had right. a, they had some classes they had some uh, skills that you could do we thought we would have some fun with it uh, i know will brown had originally done it and he played this orc who was uh very sneaky uh and he was good in heavy armor <laughs> which yeah does the not... acrobatic orc that's good the with acro- armor. that's right acrobatic orc <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious so when it was my turn and we got to take a look at these things uh i got to look at them just before you i was like hmm, what can i do that's silly so i got a khajiit uh for those who know elder scrolls that is the cat that is an anthropomorphic cat uh i was a dragon knight i had a pet crab <laughs> and i used a bow so it was very <laughs> I, I don't know i just threw every animal that i could in one contraction with that mm-hmm. we managed to do a scenario called undaunted which we had 11 days to get up to the top of the map man oh man there was some interesting decisions along the way they had a cooldown system which was just brilliant i thought i really like that yeah i, yeah, I thought I, that was fantastic that definitely separates it from too many bones. There was quite a bit of too many bones vibes to this game, but the cooldown system was probably one of the best uh, additions to the game. And there was also a tug of war kind of thing when it came to the skills. So mm-hmm. you had two sides of a skill bar. And if you put one skill on one side, one skill on the other, you could fill up the bar. But as soon as like they met, you had to decide whether or not you wanted to advance one, which would push back the other one uh, and or, vice yeah, versa. So there was that one too. We had a we had an interesting decision, did we, Pat? There was there was a one side quest uh, uh, that had to do with eggs. Do you want to tell us about that one? <laughs> yeah, so this is a game that I think is really good at telling a story. There's I'm surprised by the amount of narrative that's infused. And it's not like you're sitting there listening to things a whole lot, but more so than other chip theory games, this one felt like a story's unfolding before you. And we could, we had the option. What well, with those eggs, we could it was we could just eat them and recover health. We could just walk. <laughs> away and be like yeah we're done here or we could watch over them for three days but man we're on the time clock we get to get up to the top of the map in 11 days and the weather's a factor we're in the, what is like the black marsh or the marshlands where like it's constantly rainy and if it's flooding you go slower but we're making pretty good pace so we're like you know what let's go ahead and spend the three days we're going to get some experience points we're going to get ourselves a legendary item which in a weird way the legendary items like there's no story when you got that crab, not that the crab was legendary, but you got a crab no. uh, a companion. There's yep. no story when you get that sort of thing, but you envision it. And it's like, what's going on here? What is the story of my character? You start to tell that in your brain. I thought it was really neat that a chip theory game, little poker chips on, on a board with some story infused. It's other than that, you know, it's it's dice. It's uh, it's allocating your damages and whatnot. But more so than others, it, it felt immersive. And I, I really like that about Elder Scrolls. Yes, and definitely someone who's like a huge Elder Scrolls slash Bethesda fan. I'm hoping that Andrew liked 
what we had and provides a review copy. That would be amazing, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're already back to Kickstarter. If we get a review copy, I get it. Oh, but I want to see it. I do all the editing. (laughs) I do all the teaching. (laughs) Touche. Yeah. You win this round. You win this round. Uh, Speaking of winning. After Chip Theory, which we were in there for a good two, two and a half hours, I would say. Two and a half. Yeah, I remember yeah. timing it because like, man, this – but, you know, we had to learn it. We were getting back and forth. It wasn't just like, okay, let's grind out a game. We, no, no. We spent some time and enjoyed ourselves in there. Yeah. A- Andrew made it uh, quite an enjoyable experience. And so, like, he just let the time go and because he was having such a good time with us. So I know after that, yeah, we, we both went our separate ways for a little bit. I know you caught the end of the Crokinole Tournament. I found my way over uh, to Snow Bright Studios, who actually messaged me ahead of time and talked with Bria. Now, this isn't the the type of gaming that I normally associate with. They had a couple of games that they were showing off. Uh, One was called Tea Time Adventure and one was called Ink, right? And these are role-playing games. What you're buying is a book and they had a bunch of dice. This is straight up, sit down, role play and i was like hmm i don't know uh which you know if either of these are appealing to me but i got to chatting with them because these looked incredibly incredibly unique ink you play as adventurers that have died the only way that you level up is if you have a complete party kill totally unique totally different and i gather it's meant to appeal to i will say a broader audience not just not like i don't want to say it's a kids game because it's not it can it can appeal to grown-ups but i I gather that it's meant to also be able to incorporate kids. On the other hand, Tea Time Adventure, it is meant to be something that you can play with a younger audience. Not five, you know, there's still stats, there's still numbers and whatnot, but I ended up getting a copy of the book, Tea Time Adventure. I couldn't go home without it. My wife, actually, while she was there on Sunday, she bought one of their dice. It has little tea leaves in it. And I was like, okay, nice. that's it. It's settled. We're playing. I was talking with Brianna. I was like, okay, which one do I go with? Tea Time Adventure or Ink? And she's like, well, do, do you like the idea of combat? And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to end up playing this with, with my wife or my wife and my kid. I was like, eh, no combat. She's a Tea Time Adventure. She told me all about it. She opened the book. She's like, and after you do an adventure, there's a recipe. And I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> yes. So I came up with Tea Time Adventure. I was really impressed with their booth. Let's check in with Bria and hear a little bit more. Hi, my name is Bria from Snowbright yeah. Studio. And today I'm going to be showing off Tea Time Adventures. Tea Time Adventures is a cozy role-playing game with a D20-based system that's combat-free. So you go around helping the villagers of Oakenven resolve their various mysteries peacefully, such as in the first adventure where someone sabotages the local pie-baking competition, and it's your job to find the culprit. There's four adventures in the book. Every adventure comes with a recipe and a tea pairing, so you can have a little tea party as you play. Well, Pat, after you did that, I know that we got together to finally play a game that you've been wanting to play at cons for quite some time. We just never had a chance to the past couple, but this time we sat down at a table and we played Revive. What did you think of Revive finally now that you got to play it? You know what? I'm going to tease again. I'm going to hold some thoughts. One of the benefits of doing something like Origins is that I get this whole stash of games. I already wrote up my thoughts on it. Uh, if I get the chance to play it again, maybe we'll give it the 8-bit breakdown in the near future. It's a it's a beefy game. We've been doing a lot of smaller, so I feel like, you know, this is one that we could we'd really hit, hit a good, solid, heavy Euro. Uh, all in all, my thoughts were quite positive. I thought it was a fantastic play. I liked uh, playing that game with you, and you know what? There's a lot going on. I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you can win everything's cohesive nothing felt tacked on you know what i mean for for the amount of things that you can do everything worked out really well there's no theme uh I, it, well there's <laughs> yeah. theme but you know it doesn't shine it doesn't come through as you're playing the game 
that's okay because the gameplay was very, very good. That's as much spoiling as I'm going to do. We'll talk about that one in an upcoming episode. After that's where I said, you know, guys, it's uh, it's hitting uh, close to 11 o'clock. I'm off to bed. But I gather you played one more with – what were you playing with, Jason? Uh, Scott, actually. It was with, oh, with, Scott it was with got Scott. one in. Yes, we did. So uh, I have been talking with you guys about playing Hadara with you. And I know it's on BGA and that we would – be learning it there at some point in time we never got around to it before origins but i did manage to get a copy in that math trade i kept it in my green bag just in case you were able to stay up and play another game with us but yeah i understand it gets it gets very tiring especially yeah, on a day where you're doing a lot of walking around yeah oh that's and totally that was the same days the all play in the morning yeah yeah oh that's right yeah so you would just come off of work in walking around a lot so yeah uh, i pulled out hadara and i asked scott I was like, Scott, this is one of those games that uh, I know that I think out of the two of you, I think he would probably enjoy a little bit more. And so mm-hmm. he said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So we, I gave the about 20-minute teach, 15, 20-minute teach. We got into it. We finished the game in about 45 minutes. And during the game, Scott was like, oh, no, uh, you had the right idea. I really like this. This this is really nice. I want to play it again. So now that he knows how to play, maybe at some point in time, he can talk to you about it. And maybe we can get a three-player game of Hadara in on BGA. But yeah, Hadara is one that uh, ever since I played it, I, I've been in love with. So now, now that I have it, I'm happy. Scott's happy, and I'm hoping that you're happy with it too. Uh, but yeah, world. that'll be. A but bit, yeah. you know what? I was so tired. I was like, you know, I could play this one on BGA with you guys at some point. I'm off to bed. I'm glad though yeah. that you guys both played and enjoyed. We did, and then uh, about midnight rolled around, and both of us decided, yeah, this is probably a good time to wrap up Saturday. Saturday, is such a big day for all of us, I think. Oh, absolutely! It's like the last full day of doing what you want to do, leading right into Sunday. And man, Sunday, I was looking forward to it so much. Uh, my wife and daughter showed up on Sunday, and like I get Yay. really excited because I'm like, Sarah's gonna come here. She's gonna see, like, there's this game, corgis and corgis versus kittens, and I was like, man, she's gonna see that and she's gonna flip her lid. Uh, I had the <laughs> chance to walk around Sunday morning with Sarah for a, a good bit, and I was showing her some of the games. All the while, my wife got to actually indulge in the con a little and see some of the games. And, you know, it, it's always cool because. I'll pick up games that I'm interested in. And then there's things that she'll buy while she's in. I'm like, oh, I'm glad she bought that because you know I might not have on my own. But now we've got some small things to play and other things to check out. So I'm walking around with Sarah. We had the chance to play uh, crossbows and catapults. We played a kid in a shuffle. Just a whole bunch of little things. And it's so much fun to see a kid enjoying themselves at the con. I spent way too much on a button and on a pin because she's all, oh, I need the button. And it's like six bucks for a button, but whatever. She had a really good time. Then Chris took her and I, I walked around, got a little bit more audio, but I know you had a short day Sunday. What'd you get? What'd you get into? Before you walked around with uh, your family, I do know that we had to meet up with somebody to play a game. You had messaged me and you said, Hey, you got to be there by nine 30. And I was like, Oh, oh no, it's, right. it's like eight 45. And I'm still at my hotel, which is like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk away. Ah, let me, let me shower real quick. Let me put on some clothes. I didn't even get a chance to eat. I raced over there. I made it into the building at about nine 25. I met you guys and we met up with Courtney of Cosmos to learn a game that I think a lot of people, especially with this IP would enjoy. Uh, and that's Lord of the Rings adventures to Mount doom, a co-op game with card play with dice rolling, all sorts of stuff. Very, very simple to learn. I loved it. What about you, Pat? I thought it was fun. It's definitely on the lighter side, but the art is great. The board looks fantastic. It's easy enough to get into that. I feel like I can play this with a, a younger group or a casual group that they're fans of the film, they're fans of that IP, and they're not going to be overwhelmed with mechanisms in the game. It's not going to be a 30 minute teach in order to get them playing. Had a lot of fun with it, but 
You know what? Cosmos had a lot going on. They got a lot coming out by the end of summer. Let's take it over to Courtney. Hey, adventurers. This is Court from Cosmos, and we have some really great games coming out later this summer. We have The Lord of the Rings Adventure to Mount Doom is a big, beautiful, cooperative game where you're helping the Fellowship travel across Middle Earth to destroy the One Ring. And then our other big game we have coming out is called My Island. It is a standalone from my city, but set in the same kind of universe. You're exploring a new island and there's a big mystery that you have to solve. So you have to try to place your pieces as perfectly as possible while trying to discover the secrets of the island. We'll also have Inside Job Out. It is a mostly cooperative trick-taking game where you're trying to find out who is sabotaging your missions. Boy, that's a lot that Cosmos has coming out. I'm looking forward to my island. I never really got into my city. I know it's online, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll give that a whirl, and then I want to try out my island. And I want to try out the Legends of Andor, the new one that's coming out. It's supposed to be kind of like brand new as well. Uh At that point in time, I know that you were doing the audio with Courtney, and then you were going off to meet up with your family. Uh, I did one last thing before leaving the con. Now, originally, I was supposed to go to a panel at 1 p.m. to meet somebody uh, named Robbie Damon. But instead, he had a booth where he was doing signatures. He was doing selfies. He was playing rollies, which in Critical Role, we might think that this is just one D20 versus another D20, whoever has the mm-hmm. highest wins. I had to meet up with him. Uh, I got some posters for him to sign. The big part for me was the fact that he was the voice of probably my favorite video game of 2023 so far called Hi-Fi Rush, where he plays a character named Chai. It's a rhythm game where like you f- do battle. And if you hit, if you swing your sword, which is in the shape of a guitar, by the way, if you swing your sword at the sound of the beat, you do better combos. I love the game so much. So I got a poster of Chai, the main character from that video game had him sign it since he was the voice actor of it more importantly in my opinion he was really well known in the critical role side of things the dnd group that plays mm-hmm. on uh thursday nights i got a copy of a bag there's like a, a tote bag that had to do with critical role it's called the market marquette uh, okay. which is a plate a place in their universe and uh, I had him sign that. Uh, on top of that, I got dice for a new kind of D&D system that he's in called Candela Obscura. I had him, uh, I didn't actually have him sign it. He just said, hey, you got dice. You want me to sign the glass? And I was like, I, oh, I didn't pay for it. And he was like, ah, no, no worries about it. So he signed that. So I don't nice. think my wife's actually going to be using that <laughs> those dice anymore since she would have to open it. Uh, but I got a couple of like nice signatures. Oh, very, very nice. I got the signatures from him. I got the selfie. I even asked if I could do a video with him of us playing rollies. So we both rolled dice with each other. I lost terribly. I rolled a one, which is probably the worst you can get. He almost got a critical hit. He almost rolled a 20, but he rolled a 19. It was a great experience to meet him. Uh, Another thing that you probably know might know him for, I don't know why you would, but he's also the voice of the English version of Sailor Moon. He is Tuxedo Mask in the English version of Tuxedo Mask. Why would I know that? I don't know. Did you think that I know anything about, I don't even know what Sailor Moon is. You have a daughter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know what My Little Pony is. And that's what a daughter will do. Oh, you love My Little Pony. I know you do. You're a brony. <laughs> I'm a total brony. I decided I'm not going to go to his one o'clock panel uh, that day since I had already gone to one of his on the night before. Sure. So it was about 11 o'clock. By the time that happened, I said bye to everyone at the con. I had a wonderful time. I really enjoyed seeing you guys again. I can't wait to see you guys soon. 
And yeah, that was my start to another nine hour drive back home, which I arrived at at about 9 p.m. Well, I wrapped it up with one more waltz through the demo hall and I ran into Jeremy from Stifling Dark. This is one that I talked about in our lead up to Origins. It's like, I'm finally going to get to play this thing. And I didn't get to play it. They had one set up and they showed you how you could play. Let's listen in to Jeremy. All right. Hey, adventurers. This is Jeremy with Sophisticated Service Games here with the Level Up team at Origins. And we are excited to talk about the Stifling Dark. So we funded that Kickstarter back in October. We raised $220,000. And we are now doing pre-orders. And then we'll be visiting Gen Con as well next year. So if you haven't heard of Stifling Dark, it is a one versus many hidden movement horror board game for two to five players. One person plays the adversary. Everybody else is an investigator. And the investigators have these acrylic pieces we call flashlights they use to, to find their way through the dark. They use those to look for the adversary. They use those to find evidence. Once they have that evidence, they can then escape. They have a couple different escape routes they can choose from. Each adversary has different play styles, and each investigator also has their own abilities and attacks. And so they can go through, there's a lot of different replayability options. You've got different maps, you've got different uh, adversaries, different investigators. So there's lots of ways to play the game. It's always a very thrilling finish where it comes down to that last turn or that last dice roll. You can either escape, and if you don't roll right, or if you don't place your flashlight right, you're dead and you lose. So it's always a very climactic finish. It's a great game, and we've had a ton of fun at Origins. We look forward to seeing you at Gen Con. We'll be at booth 2945, and you can pre-order this now at SophisticatedCerberus.com. Yeah, I think I'm going to be looking for a copy of Stifling Dark when it comes out. It, it looks so cool. The board looks cool. Those templates look awesome. I haven't had success with, like, hidden roll, like, uh, uh, not hidden roll, like uh, a hidden player. What do you call it? Like the hide-and-seek type Oh, hit, hidden movement? That's what I'm looking for. I haven't had a lot of success with that. I know it was a huge dud when we tried to play Spectre Ops. The couple times we played it, we were like, yeah, this isn't doing anything for us. But this looks like this could crack that a little bit. I, I'm, I'm curious. I want to play this one real bad. It sounds really, really interesting. I actually did not see that at all on the con floor. But based on what he said, I think I'll take a look at it as well. And wrap things up before hitting the road. Man, it's talk with Kirk Dennison over at Thunderworks. You know, it's not a con for us if we didn't have the chance to check in with Thunderworks. Good friends with Keith. I know Scott goes way back with that gang. So I was like, well, we got to make our trip over there. And here's what Kirk had to say. Hey, adventurers. This is Kirk Dennison from Thunderworks Games here from Origins 2023. It's been a great few days so far selling our new title, Goblin Vaults, selling Tenpenny Parks and many of our other classics like Cartographers and Roleplayer. Dawn of Ulos is our newest game that will be also available at Gen Con and retail release in mid-August. And stay tuned on the horizon for Stone Spine Architects, the next hit game from the designer of Cartographers. Think Sushi Go meets Cartographers. You build your own dungeon by drafting cards. Hopefully we'll see you at Gen Con or PAX Unplugged. Well, from there, it was meet up with the family, get in the car, and head on home. My daughter had had enough. She had had a long weekend. and It was only like 2.30, 3 o'clock. She's like... Dad, can we go now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much excitement. I think. Now. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a long weekend. I think she was ready to be home, and part of me was too. So to the car, back home. Well, let's wrap this up with maybe a highlight of the con. You know, maybe a favorite moment or one of the moments that stood out, and then we'll do a, maybe our favorite game. How's that sound? Sounds great. You go ahead and start okay. this one. Sure, sure. You know what? I think for me, the highlight, uh, you know, I was going to say maybe meeting Tony Topper and telling him, like, I've heard you every two weeks for the last eight years. <laughs> maybe Omicron Protocol with Bernie, getting the chance to play with those guys. Tate Wu, who, you know, we've had a couple of his games on the show in the past. Maybe seeing Stephen Brown kicking butt with Crokinole, all really fun. 
I think it comes back to just having dinner with Will and Evan and you and, and just enjoying some tacos and being outside of the convention center. The weather was pretty decent that night. Uh, I think that's something I'm going to remember for a while. I'm not going to lie. That's exactly one that I was thinking of choosing as well. Ah, just nice. Having having a lovely, lovely, delicious dinner, uh, meeting a designer that of a game that I actually do enjoy. I do enjoy After the Empire, but he was a really down-to-earth kind of guy, and we were just joking mm-hmm. all over the place. We even saw Jeremy from Man vs. Meeple up at the bar, and we were having fun with him. We were just shooting the shit all over the place, and it was just a really great experience. Had some Had some beers from Growlers after that, playing a good game. That was probably a highlight of the con for me. I also really enjoyed actually finally meeting Berkey. So, oh, sc- how about that? Sc- was your first yeah. meeting with Berkey? It was. Um, I had met. I had. I had seen him before when Scott worked for uh, Game Toppers in the previous uh, convention we went to, which I think was PAX. But I didn't really have a good conversation with him. But man, Berkey is one of those people that if you go up to him and you say, hey, my name is this, he will talk to you like he's known you forever. He just went on about the story, and I had to congratulate him for becoming the new Baseball Highlight 2045 <laughs> champion. Oh, he's making sure everybody's aware of that. You're oh, right. Yeah. What, a, he, what a warm, welcoming character he is. He, He's definitely uh, he's definitely continuing the legacy of posting all those pictures with that trophy. But uh, aside from that, just introducing myself, saying congratulations, and he just went on with the story about how he started getting into the game, knowing all these people, enjoying the company, starting the company of Game Toppers. It was just a, a, a great moment when you get to meet new people who are so interested in the hobby that you're interested in as well. And it's just great to hear all these stories from people. Those were probably a couple of the highlights of the con for me. Let's not delay it any longer. Uh, let's close this episode up by saying, Patrick, what was your favorite game at the con? And go. Oh, uh, Mistwind. I'm going to go with Mistwind from uh, from First Fish Games. I had a really good time with that. It was a cool demo. I like that company. The game is cool. The art's cool. Getting to learn how to play it from the artist of the game. It was really cool. That one's going to stand out for a while. I'm going to go with Mistwind. What about you? Well, for sure, I've already mentioned it before, but the Elder Scrolls Betrayal of the Second Era is going to be my game of the con. The immersion, the theme, the fact that it had to do with one of my favorite game companies, video game companies, and they they made it so well, and and the quality of it is going to be so magnificent. I'm going to love every second of it. Had a great time. Andrew was a great teacher of the game. You know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to when my already fact copy comes in, and I am just going to delve into chapter after chapter after chapter of that and just immerse myself into this world. And so, yeah, <laughs> Elder Scrolls is going to be my betrayal of the second era is going to be the game for me. Yeah, yeah, that, that one was that was fantastic. Well, Adventures, we hope you had a fantastic time at Origins 2023. I think Scott's going to make his way to Gen Con. I got a buddy getting married, so I'm not going to be there this year. I know you said you're probably not going to make it to Gen Con either. But uh, I think the king will be there. And speaking of the king, he's going to be with us next week for episode 100 of the, the Big Level Hundo. Up Board Game Podcast. Dude, I'm looking forward to this one. Adventures, tell a friend, tell a buddy. We want this to be our biggest episode yet. We want to have the most downloads we've ever had. We're going to be posting about it online. I want you to share it. Get that word out there. There's a lot of folks that still need to get on board with Level Up. King's going to be back. We're going to have each of the contributors. And we've got a very special special topic for this episode you're not going to want to miss it well patrick i do want to say thank you very much for having me on this episode scott wherever you are thank you very much for being in south carolina or south <laughs> dakota Dakotas, or wherever it is yeah one of one of them so that i could be a part of this episode had a wonderful time at origins it was great seeing you again it was great seeing oh, scott again will likewise. brown everybody and i am totally 
100% looking forward to this next episode as well. Adventurers, be sure to tune in for that. Listen to this. Give us a like, subscribe, anything you want to do. What is that? Like ring the bell, everything. Just do everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do when you leave an Arby's if the service was good. (laughs) Ring the bell. (laughs) Other than that, everyone, I hope you have a great night. Good night, everyone. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us for this episode of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. We encourage all adventurers to check out our website at levelupgamepodcast.com. That's where you can submit your thoughts and audio to be used in a future episode. Please consider rating us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and join the Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3722. Music for the podcast provided by Adam Haynes and the Heatley Brothers. And remember, whether in hobby or in life, always do what you can to level up.